0: Amen, amen. Thank you, sister. All right. Grab my notes here so I don't go off the rabbit trail. For I am now trying to persuade. Am I trying to persuade people? Ain't that a people pleasing? Now we, you know, I think about passages like 1 Corinthians nine, nineteen through twenty-two, when Paul says that he's all things, all people, you know, it's not that he doesn't like people, he doesn't try to make people happy. He just knows he cannot serve two masters at the same time. Thank you. He can't be a people pleaser. No. He has to be a God pleaser. Because yeah. you can't make everybody happy. Uh, some of you guys are out there. You know you're a people pleaser. You're like always trying to make everybody happy. I uh, know you're the ones that are guilty, right? And You're like, well, yeah. You're not going to be able to do it. You cannot always make someone happy. You can't make everyone like you for that matter. There are some personality traits that just make other people irritate. Nothing wrong with them unless there's are sin issues. But sometimes you got just personalities that don't get along with each other. Got a type A and type A, and they just clash heads. It just, you can't be a people pleaser. This is, if I'm not a people pleaser, he said, I would not be a servant of Christ. Because he knows you cannot serve two masters, you cannot serve man and God at the same time. It reminds me of Matthew 6 24. Matthew, and Matthew, he's talking about pleasing for the point of, of money. You can't serve money and God at the same time. But you also have, but you have that same idea that they're wrestling with here. He says in Matthew 6, no one can serve two masters. Either they will hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. Yes. And The same kind of attitude is going on here. You cannot love two masters. You have to be... And so you're like, well, I'd just rather be free. But here's what really happens. He says, I am a servant of Christ. Now, that's a fun word. In your Bible translation, it might say bond servant. Or it might say slave. The word there, doulos, in in the Greek, it means all three of those. Servant. Slave. So he's, he's using the word that is most often translated as slave. He said, I am, if I was trying to please people, I would not be a slave to Christ. Now we have this negative view of slavery in our society which rightfully so. We have this, 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 but we also view the world and the word slavery through the transatlantic slave trade because that's what influenced us in the United States. So we don't see the same kind of thing that he's seeing when he, when he uses this word. He's saying, I'm a slave to Jesus. In the Roman times, a bondservant or a slave could refer to someone who who voluntarily served others. But it usually refers to someone who was in a permanent position of servitude. And under Roman law, a bondservant or a slave was the owner's personal property. They had no rights usually. And even could be killed with impunity if the owner desired so. In the Hebrew, the word for boss or slave, eved, sometimes translated as servant, had similar connotations. But under the Mosaic law, that's the law of Moses, the first five books of your Bible, it has this, this, this there's, there's a, a law that a Allowed a person to become an indentured servant voluntarily. You could be a slave voluntarily. I read from Exodus chapter 21, verses 5 and 6. If I, the Eved, declare, I love my master and my wife and my children and do not want to go free, then his master must take him before the judge and he shall take him to the door or the doorpost and pierce his ear with an awe, and then he'll be servant of Ed for life. Wow. Now, during the time of Jesus in the first century, as much as a third of the Roman population were slaves, And another third had probably been slaves earlier in their life. Think about that. That's two-thirds of the population. Up to two-thirds of the population either were slaves or had been slaves at some time in their life. See, slavery is nothing new. It's not something that was born here in the United States, no matter what your TikTok tells you. But slaves in this sense, because... We see the world through that transatlantic slavery where it was an easy connotation was the race factor, Um, because it was a good way to divide the us versus them, right? We still see that kind of behavior, us versus them. I mean, Republicans versus Democrats, us versus them. You know, poor people versus rich people, us versus them. Whites and black, us versus them. Of course, we'd just throw all minorities. Of course, now it's also Mexicans versus blacks, or Mexicans versus white. You know, us versus them. We like to divide ourselves, right? And and so, but so, but the Roman world, it wasn't that way. The, it was common for free men and free women to work beside slaves. Even to the point where a slave could be a doctor, practitioner of medicine. We don't like to. You could be educated and still be a slave to someone else. Slaves could own slaves. You could become a very wealthy slave, but you're still a slave. Which is something we we just have trouble wrapping our heads around because of our history, and rightfully so. So when we translate the word doulos or evid in the scriptures... What well, we have to look at it. should we translate it as servant or slave? It all comes down to how you got there. Because when we translate English, we're using that connotation of the transatlantic slave trade. So we have to say, well, what, how did they get here? If you were a servant, you got there because of your choice. If you were a slave, you got there because of force. And so sometimes in your scriptures... They they try to capture that as so well. Use slave here and servant here, but a lot of times they use them intermingled, and, and it gets confusing. But it's the same word. And so, when we say things like "you're a slave," or Paul uses the word, we we translate it. Here's a good example: "You're a slave to sin." Because you didn't choose that for yourself necessarily. You might be choosing to remain a slave for that, but Jesus Christ. But you were born slave to sin. We don't believe young people. You say, well, young people are so innocent. How many parents know how fast children start to lie? (laughs) Born slave to sin. We're born slaves to that path of destruction, but it's through Jesus Christ that we are led away from the path of destruction to the path of life, for a life that's to its fullest. And so we say, well, I am a slave to sin, but when Jesus Christ frees me, I'm a slave to sin no more, but I'm still a slave to something. I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. That's why they use the word servant a lot when referring to Jesus Christ, because they don't like the word slave. But it's the same word. A slave to Jesus Christ. I just want to be free. I don't want to be a slave to nobody. But you're either a slave to Christ, or you're a slave to sin. And it's through the slavery to Christ that we have freedom, which sounds... Counterintuitive, right? How can I be slave and free? But that's how it works. Is we are slave to Christ, we are servant to Christ, and we become under this path that leads us to righteousness, that leads us to righteousness. And that's why Paul boasts in the passage. He says, "He's, he's a. I am a slave of Christ." He's boasting. That he's a slave, which is really unique because in the book of Galatians, like the whole theme is freedom. And here he is saying, excuse me, saying that I am a slave to Christ. And he plays off of this. That he is is a slave to Jesus. And because he's a slave, he has the freedom, and the life that leads to freedom. And a bond servant to Christ is to love as Christ loved, to walk as Christ walked. It's to be bound to the very will of God, just like Jesus said in the garden, right? Not mine, but thine will be done on earth, right? It's to say we're bound to that very notion that not mine will, but but thine will be done. Because we're bound to that very notion, and that leads us to life to its fullest. And so that's why Paul boasts, because he's bound to that life, even to the point of death. And I hope that all of you in this room can can say that I'm bound to Jesus. But you know if you're not, and I know there's some people in this room that aren't right now. You're slave to sin, you're slave to that path that leads to destruction. We chase after our own our own immediate what feels good right now. And you know our feelings, they they lie to us. They say this will help us. This is good. This is this feels good. But it leads to destruction. It leads on a path that leads to to no good. It hurts us in the long run. We have trouble often. We as human beings have trouble looking at the long term, don't we? Maybe it's because our life on this earth is so short. But if you have not accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, your, your Master... Then maybe then today's the day. To say, I need something different in my life. I know the path that I'm on is leading me to distraction. I need your life. And then we turn and follow after him. But then if we have accepted, we are devoted. I'm gonna to talk to you the rest of you, right? You have accepted Christ. I found that there are actually three types of, of, of slaves or servants out there, right? And I'm not talking about being servants to the church. That's not what I'm talking about. When you're talking about I'm talking about servants to Jesus. And I'm being servant to trans, uh, to tradition. I'm talking servants of Jesus. I'm not when we serve in Jesus. I found there's three different. One is the rebellious servant, right? That's the servant that knows Christ. They accepted Christ. They know he's a leader. And then they say, you know what, God? I think I'd rather go a different way. Maybe, God, even I hate you. maybe at one time in your life you were on board and you you were following after God and it's not like you don't know he's real or you don't you know you don't know that you're you're saved it's that i don't want to listen to you that's the rebellious servant I bet you there's some people in this room right now that they know who Jesus is. They've accepted him as their Lord and Savior at one point in their life and now he may be just Lord, uh, maybe just Savior, but he's not so much Lord. Because they're rebelling against him, even though they then they argue and they know they're doing wrong because God's telling you, you know, you know they say, right, yeah, but I don't want to listen to you right now. And you got that sin that you keep going back to, and you keep saying, Not that you, you've been freed from sin, but you say, I, You know what? I want to choose this path. I don't want to get help from someone else because I'm going to choose this. It makes me feel good. I'm going to choose this path. I'm rebelling. Like that teenager. How many of you guys remember your teenage years? I know it's always our teenagers that were the problem. We were never the problem when we were teenagers. <laughs> there's also the, the, there's the, the, the rebellious, the, the, there's the, the reluctant servant as well, right? The one that knows, right? They may go one way or the other. I know the truth, but I'm not sure what that means for my life. I'm not actively rebelling. I'm just reluctant to actually do anything. You know, this may be, and we hide it under things like, well, it's the way we always did it, and so I'm reluctant to actually do what you're telling me to do now because it's not what we always did before. So I'm reluctant to do actually what you're telling me now because I can fall back on tradition. I'm not saying tradition's bad. I'm just saying that sometimes we use it as a crutch to hide what God is telling us to do in the world that's different and changing all the time. You're not the same person you were yesterday. The church isn't the same group it was the same yesterday. Time has passed. The only thing that's the same seems to be Jesus Christ. His message never changes. But this world we're living in sure doesn't look like it did when you guys were young, did it? I mean, how many of you guys would have thought that your life would surround, be surrounded by something as small as this? I mean, that's crazy. But our lives are so different because of it. So we got the reluctant, the rebellious, and the the one we all want to be right the eager servant that one who desired to follow god to be bound to god to put yourself put god first yourself last that doesn't mean you always get it right because let's we all mess up sometimes but that means your heart, your desire is to have him first. You fall in love with Christ and so you're enamored with him. You want to be the true bride of Christ. You, you want to be your, his, your all. And that's what we're all shooting for. You know, and at times in our lives, we all go through those ups and downs, Right? Where sometimes in your life you are right there and God is everything and you are in love with him and, and then sometimes in your life you might be the reluctant one yeah. where you might be the rebellious one. And you know what? That's okay. As long as you're not staying the reluctant one. You're not staying the rebellious one. We're working towards that place of being on fire for God. I mean, think about like the people of God. Just think about your Old Testament, right? There are times when they're rebellious, flat out. And then there's times when they're on fire for God. And every time they're rebellious, things happen in life because they're on a path that leads to destruction Sometimes, sometimes we have characters like Moses. Remember, the reluctant. He's a good example of a reluctant leader, right? I mean, who are you, God? Uh, you know, I'm no good at this. God, why don't you just send someone else? And God says, you know what, Moses? You're going to go. I'm going to send your, your brother with you to give you just this little bit of uh, leeway here. But you're going. He's a reluctant leader as we taught as any, if anyone is. And we see these these characters in the Bible, they 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 mimic our behavior. They they mirror us. You're not David. You no know, matter how hard you try, you're not gonna be David. That's David right there. No. Uh, <laughs> Not that David, a different David. But he's not King David. You can't be someone else. So when we read the Bibles, you can't say, well, I'm this person. Of course not. But they mirror our own hearts, our behaviors, good and bad. They mirror our desires, our struggles. And so as we read the scriptures, we see ourselves in them. Because they mirror ourselves. And as we see ourselves in there, we see how they have been rebellious at times, and God loves them, and he draws them closer to himself. He does allows them to go through things so that they will draw closer. He allows, he, we see re, reluctant servants, and he draws them close to him. And we see eager servants, and, and that's the goal. We want to be that eager servant that I am a bond servant of Christ. I'm a slave to Christ. I'm a dulos of Christ. Which is that goal that we want to be at. And no matter what place you find yourself right now, even if you are a slave to sin and don't know Jesus as your perfect Lord and Savior, He loves you. And it's a love that is so much more than, than we actually can really fathom. I mean, we have our earthly parents to, to mimic love and, and sometimes they did great. I mean, how I many of you guys had some good parents, right? Yeah. And some of you had some not so good parents. And uh, all of your parents, all, our, all us parents <laughs> are failures at some point in our lives, right? We are just humans, less than human. And God is perfect, and that love He has for us is so much more than we can understand. And so as we think about like our next steps, what is that? We 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 want to be able to boast, I am a slave of Christ. The question is, are we? Have I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? Maybe that's your next step. I want to accept him as my Lord and Savior for the first time. Or maybe I found myself, I've been a little rebellious, right? I know what's right, and it ain't what I'm doing. Maybe I'm just at the reluctant pace. I I know that God's calling me to do a different direction. I'm not talking about, I feel God, feelings lie to us. If you're feeling like God's calling you in one direction, is it scriptural? Is it, are there other people in your life, godly people, not yes men, not that person who's, who's always, you know, that the thinks they're God, but godly people that are confirming this in your life, that you're talking to about these things, because we've got to test those spirits, Right? Because if we just say, well, I feel this, well, that may be a false spirit because our, our feelings lie to us. Right. They come and go. I mean, how many of you guys were feeling good when you came in here? Now you're not feeling so good. <laughs> or you were feeling bad before you got here and now you're all bawling your brothers and sisters. Now you're feeling good. Our feelings lie to us. They don't really tell us anything. So if you feel like God, we confirm it. So we, maybe you're the reluctant one. We say, well, I, I know that God's leading me in a direction, but I I'm just, I don't want to do it. Maybe as I see we need to head in a different direction, but you know what? We've always done it this way. And I like the way we've always done it. Well, guess what? The way we've always done it may not be the way we need to do it tomorrow because God's calling us Something new? What kind of servant are you? That's the question as we think about our next steps. Father God, I pray right now That our desire is to be a slave to you. Not a slave to the church, not a slave to other people's passions, not a slave to, but a slave to you. And we want to serve you. And Lord, so I pray that you make us eager servants. That you give us clear paths of where we're supposed to go to serve you. How we're supposed to serve you and what that looks like for the future. Lord, I pray a special prayer for someone who's online or in this room that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, that you would speak to their hearts, Holy Spirit, move within them. They may come to know the peace and the life-giving of your love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.